0: Welcome back to Myth and Magic for Modern Times. I'm your host, Jessica, of Jay and Juniper. I'm a tarot reader and healer. I created this podcast to shine a light into the subconscious, to look at the stories beneath the stories, to bring forward that which was once taboo or just unknown into the light of day in an approachable, grounded, safe container that is this podcast. Today I'm joined by fellow tarot reader and healer, Sequoia, who can be found at InfinityTreeTarot.com and at InfinityTreeTarot across social media, and with a friend who I made through Instagram. Her name is Michaela, and she and I began a long conversation about cel- cellular memory and love stories and structures after I had rewatched *The Princess Bride* and posted on my Instagram asking if there was anyone who wanted to discuss the film with me for a podcast. Yes, in this episode, we are looking critically at this absolutely wonderful film that has brought all of us so much joy because there's some really harmful messages that it actually took me dozens of rewatches over decades of growth to finally have the consciousness and awareness to notice, such as noticing how many times Buttercup threatens to kill herself as an attempt to exert any kind of control over her life circumstances. How empty her life is without the love of this one specific person, her statement that she'll never love again after hearing that Wesley was dead, which is certainly one phase of the process of loss, but not the end line. The line that actually really shook me and made me take a second glance at what was watching, what I was watching, was spoken by the King to Wesley as he's in the torture chamber and is, you truly love each other and so you might have been truly happy, Not one couple in a century has that chance, no matter what the storybooks say. So I think no man in a century will suffer as greatly as you will. As I was watching, that line really stood out, and I realized, oh, wow, we do have these beliefs in our society that true love, quote-unquote, is really rare, and that it has to involve some suffering. These ideas, along with so many others, are deep in our subconscious, and on some level accept it as, this is true, this is how life is, whether we all realize it or not. But of course, these stories, myths, ideas that have been passed down through our DNA and and through the stories that we see around us and through our families, aren't inherently true across the board for everyone. And they weren't before. And they definitely aren't true for all of us now. But in order to live your truth, figure out what that is and create the life you want first one needs to be aware of the stories that are unconsciously being played out in one's life the subject matter is so much of what i work on with my clients and is really close to my heart so i'm excited to be talking about it here thanks so much for joining me i had started this episode with every intention to drop as many princess bride quotes as possible throughout it But then the second I pressed record, that intention totally left my head. And I didn't mention a single one. So I'm going to do one now to lead us into the show with, let's see, I'm going to do Never grow up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Hi there, Sequoia. Hey. Hey, and hi, Michaela. Hi. Thanks so much for joining me, you two. Yeah, yeah thank it's you. Fun, to, fun to do this. I just watched the show again this morning, <laughs> the movie again. And when I watched it as a little girl, I loved it. I loved it. Um, but Prince, the prince's bride, Buttercup, annoyed the hell out of me.
1: And <laughs> how old were you when you first watched it?
0: That's a great question. I don't know. Um, mm. Could have been maybe five, six, Came seven. Came out in 87. Uh-huh. Oh, Okay, so then I was I was three. What it came and, out,
1: right.
0: Yeah, and but I didn't see it in theaters, so right, I was yeah. probably a little bit older. Yeah, Thanks for something maybe. Yeah, maybe. So um, hated. So that's her. so interesting
1: that she made you feel that so, so young.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's interesting. Yes. I'm really <laughs> glad you had that date on hand. <laughs> <laughs> But she seemed really um, annoying and stupid and like can't take care of herself. And I was very much like, why is she even in this movie? But <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot of films that I watch as a little girl gave me that impression that um, women are annoying, mm-hmm. um, lame. They're not as mm-hmm. interesting. They're not funny they can't take care of themselves and women are just lame. And I really deeply incorporated the Mm -hmm. societal misogyny that exists in our culture
2: within myself. It's it's funny. I didn't, when I first saw it, I didn't find her lame. Like I um, identified with her, but Mm. similar problems (laughs) in the identification Mm. um, of like, Oh, you don't take care of yourself and you only have power in these certain ways. Um, mm-hmm. like when she throws herself off the ship to escape, like, that's kind of her mm. own option. Um, it's just though, yeah, the the yeah. feeling of, like, not having autonomy that is so apparent throughout the movie. Um, yeah. Autonomy. And she's
0: constantly, she can really only harm herself. Right. She has this set of value that has been ascribed to her by culture by the men in the film because it's all men other than her and the witch lady who gets in one line I think yeah who's great but still interesting
1: because I I feel like looking back I feel like I romanticized it as a child yeah like I I looked at her and I was like oh like a man is supposed to like fight for you and a Mm -hmm. man is supposed to like run after you and save you like you can't save yourself you have to be saved right Right. you know and even when she did jump she couldn't even save herself even though she could she could have but then the eel and, like, right. I feel like the eel symbolized something else, not just an eel. Like, I feel uh-huh. like it was, like, maybe her inner demons or her inner fears or,
0: you know? Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Even as she's trying to get away, she's, um, well, kind of, like, crippled.
1: Mm. Like, mm-hmm.
0: Which we, which we are as <laughs> society. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that as a little girl, I very much... Um, was turned off by the depictions of women that I was see- kind of being shown across the board. I also grew up in a really yeah. conservative family, so I wasn't watching like, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> not actually allowed to watch that. Um, and I was um, really repelled by those depictions. And yet, even so, it sank into my subconscious. And as I was watching it again the other month, or uh, the other week, I realized how much of these... That, that, that it was all in me, these stories about suffering for love and I need a man to rescue me. Mm-hmm. And even just watching it again this morning, I realized how much she is constantly being shamed, criticized, denigrated, mocked Right. by mm-hmm. these manipulated by all the other men that I didn't even really realize
2: yeah, how, like the, the extent You're a silly girl. In that one scene, yeah,
1: silly, that really stuck out to me too, like yeah. An yeah.
2: Adult imagine a woman yeah. not an adult
0: a child she's very much treated like a child,
1: right, yep, but well, I mean, a lot of women are in in movies and in settings like that, like even in Disney, if they are a strong, powerful woman to begin with, they're not anymore at the end
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, you watch like the evolution of them, and it's i mean like little mermaid had her head of voice taken away you know like that's literally (laughs) right and the only way she could get it back was being with the prince you know yeah
0: Yeah, because that's that's all you need is a man Mm -hmm. (laughs) you need Mm -hmm. a man to love you and then it doesn't matter what you sacrifice along
2: the way one of the things that has always struck me about that movie uh it's kind of in the beginning when they're falling in love, it's sort of sweet. And um, Wesley is like very devotional and there's mm-hmm. something beautiful in that. And then when he comes back, he's kind of awful. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is treating her like pretty badly, especially before he's, he's revealed that he's Wesley. Um, mm-hmm. And the scene where he says like there are penalties when a woman lies. oh Mm -hmm.
0: oh my gosh, he's awful to her he shames her, he Uh criticizes her, and then she She just just puts puts up up up. with all this abuse, Mm -hmm. and then the second she finds out he's Wesley, she throws herself off a cliff for him (laughs) (laughs) and this was standing out to me as I was just rewatching this morning, there's no there's no apology, there's no I was Wesley, and now I've realized, you know, he starts by saying why didn't you wait for me? yeah (laughs)
1: It, but you know, that's the thing. It's also like pointing it round back on her. It's like he's the one that left. He's the one that said he'd be back. And yeah. he's and the one who was dead. She supposed to keep
0: on living. Right. Like, she just stop living. And then. Speaking of which, what was she doing for those five years? Would we don't know. I know. I, and, and, that, and then this prince, this, or the
1: king, wants to marry her because he chose a commoner. Yeah. But you know what? This is really weird. I felt that I didn't think I had ever. I don't know. This is hard to explain, but, like, I felt bad for him for, like, five minutes because mm. the king, because I was like, what, he can't get a girl, he can't get a woman that he that he wants, that he has to, like, buy someone, kind of, you know, like, uh-huh. he has, do you know what I mean? Like, someone doesn't right. love him back. Yeah. Like, I felt, mm. I don't know, unrequited love. Like, I felt bad for him for a minute until he said he was going to kill her. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Don't mm. feel bad for you
0: anymore. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, that whole, like, you'll learn to love me, I get to pick out who I want. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is something really sad inside that. And maybe we don't know if he's if he actually was ever like liked her, Mm -hmm. or if he was always going to use her. Because maybe he got tired of her moping and her like, I'm never gonna love you. (laughs) And my life has no meaning anymore. And he was like, we, we don't know when he devised this plan. Yeah,
1: No, I don't know. And if I were her, I would have just been faking it the whole time yeah. uh-huh. towards the end and then maybe killed him. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. like, if I were her, this is what I would have done. I would have been, like, pretended that I loved him. And then when Wesley came hmm. to save me, I would have this plan, you know, like like action plan. Well,
0: yeah, that's, that's the other part of her childishness and her naivete she doesn't she doesn't think of plans <laughs> she just right. she is this right. child she is like this is how i'm feeling and um and and expects uh, and and take things takes things at face value and expresses that too and in a way it's kind of sweet but not from a grown woman in this like, surrounded by the men that she's surrounded with mm-hmm. in this film and it, yeah. to, to go back to the scene you mentioned where Wesley is being a total jerk to her. And then she throws herself, she pushes him off the cliff, totally deserved. Then she Mm -hmm. throws herself off the cliff. And he he says, why didn't you wait for me? Like turning it back on her. And she says, Mm -hmm. well, you were dead. And he says, oh, silly. It's very much in this tone of like silly woman. Death can't stop true love. It only delays it Uh for a while." And then she says, Um, I'll never doubt again. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, you were dead, dude. Like this, this whole, uh, yeah. He's mostly just mean to her. And then it's the prince that manipulates her. So it is coming from two directions, but it's so infuriating to me that that is how she's treated. And we're not even like the prince is obviously bad. But yeah. Wesley is not really any better, and yet he's supposed to be the good guy. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe because he's the one that's fighting for her. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's the one who's fighting for her. He's the one who's trying to save her and, from this man. And maybe that's why he likes her now, or more. I mean, he always loved her, but, like, do you feel like that she's unattainable? Is that making mm-hmm. it more attractive for him?
0: Oh, 100%, because where the hell has he been for the past five years and he, it, he's yeah. been alive, but he right. doesn't show up to tell her, by the way, I'm alive, by the way, I still love you, by the way, whatever, until she's about to get married. Yes.
1: Yeah. So is it for the hard-to-get thing or, like, I know a lot of men. Mm-hmm. I mean, women, too. I mean, don't get me wrong, but that's more attractive in ways.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. She's, she's not. To go after yeah. when you can't yeah.
1: have.
0: Because before, mm-hmm. when she was devoted to you, you could take your time being a pirate, but now, right? yeah, now there's something to fight for. So now I'm going to actually go do something about this l- of eternal love that I have that goes on beyond death.
1: Mm-hmm. And then setting <sighs> unrealistic expectations for women in this day and age, because well, when a man doesn't come after you, a man doesn't fight for you like that, like we're let down
0: yeah we are there's so much about how men are supposed to pursue you and men are supposed to do this kind of thing and show up and fight and rescue you and on some level i think i was expecting that to happen at some point hasn't happened yet by the way
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we can only rescue ourselves all of us (laughs) I, i agree
1: I know it, and it's yeah.
2: The one um, I will say, the character, the female character who is excellent, is um, Miracle Max's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish there
0: was a lot more of her.
2: Right. So she really like owns her power and um, speaks up for good and doesn't allow Max to, you know, shrink in on himself and. Um, but so there's like that. That uh, image of, like, the old, scary, wizened woman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, you can only... Oh, well, there's... they
0: call her a witch. Right, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: And then she denies it. She says, I'm not a witch.
2: You're right, I'm not a witch. Which I'm I don't
1: understand. She clearly is. And it's yeah. like she's not owning it.
0: Yeah. Well, this was... I mean, it it still is a time when the word "witch" is being transformed.
1: Yeah.
0: It reminds me of the the other film that I have done a podcast on, which was Mary Poppins. In the in the original Mary Poppins, when when they see her floating in on her umbrella, the kids say, "Is she a witch?" Oh my! Really? And yeah, one of the kids says, to "The other kid, do you think she's a witch?" And then the other kid says, immediately no, because she doesn't have a broom. She has an umbrella. Mm-hmm. So it's like putting that out there, like we've got a strong woman who's about to do some magical things, but just to assure you all, she's not a witch because that is, of course, not wow. acceptable. It's really so interesting.
2: I think I, that's what was happening here in this film as well. Great, great. I just want to name I mean, I mean, as Valerie. I called her Max's wife. There's my own. Uh, oh, <laughs> right. Nameless. <laughs> my own: uh,
1: well, and like Buttercup, is that a name? I know, right? <laughs> Is,
0: Is that the name <laughs> of the princess? No, that's Toadstool, another ridiculous name. The princess from the video games. Uh-huh. Yeah. Princess Toadstool. Princess Buttercup.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh. um, it made me really sad that the one time that she actually does something other than threaten her own body... Mm-hmm. Um, well, it actually still has to do with her sacrificing her body, but she says, "Get take Wesley to his ship, and I'll marry you, da 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 da." make sure he's not harmed, and all of the men are like, "Yep, okay, we'll do this." And the second she's gone, all of the men are like, "Okay, yeah, we all were in on this. We all knew that we were all lying about this." Yeah, and it's like, wow, the one like the one thing that she tries to do. No yeah. wonder she was mm-hmm. no wonder this movie annoyed me so much. So, I mean, yeah. I, like she her character annoyed me and I blamed her because that's the context that the film is set up in. I blamed her for being annoying and lame as a little girl. Mm-hmm. But um on a subconscious level, it was probably it's probably infuriating to my little girl self as it is now to watch this depiction of a woman.
2: I'm glad that you were annoyed. I just, I I loved it when I was a kid. I still love it now, even with all the problems. Um, and I wrote a paper on this movie, actually. Uh, oh, that's right. You yeah. did. When I was an undergraduate and basically <laughs> talking about all the things we're talking about now. And I remember in the, it was a writing workshop and the, the teacher said to us, I just wanna let you all know you can still like the things that you're writing about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I
0: do wanna say I still really enjoy this film and I think they I think it's a classic and I can rewatch it, although rewatching it this second time stuff was kind of was annoying me more than yeah. When I just watched it a couple weeks ago, and when I watched it a couple weeks ago, it stood out to me how good an actress Robin Wright was, mm-hmm, and how she actually really does hold have a lot of weight as a person. And I was like, "Oh wow, she's a little cooler than I remember from my child self." Oh. And then watching it again, I was like, "Oh God, what's going on here?" Yeah,
2: But yeah, It's, it's just,
0: important to be critical right. of
2: the things you love, right. even yeah. more so. Yeah and all of the times where she is threatening to harm herself um it's kind of the only power that she does have right so she's like she's revered because she's beautiful and um wanted because she's beautiful so her it's kind of her only recourse like she's not given power in any other fashion and so Mm -hmm. the only way that she can assert herself is through threatening to harm herself, which of course is terrible.
1: But it's control. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The only yeah, control she right. has of her own body is to kill herself. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: yeah. And even the the old guy doesn't even take her seriously when she says that. Yeah. Did you hear at the old man? She's like, I'm not going to see you again because oh, right. when I go back to my honeymoon suite, I'm killing myself. And he's like, Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. She kissed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because he gets she gives him a kiss, and that's all he pays attention to.
2: Right. I always took that senility,
0: but maybe it isn't. Mm. Yeah. Poor Buttercup. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With that being said, I have a question for you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the line is in a relationship with suffering in a hard time in a relationship?
0: Ooh, great question. And thanks for bringing us back to one of the themes, too, that I noticed in this movie, which is you have to suffer for great love. Mm. Um, yeah, so, well, relationships are hard, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, which is it's actually work. also kind of a story, but in reality, it is, it's true. You you. Ha- it's work. It requires work and effort to maintain a balance, to... Um, to communicate, to not fall into your own conditioning and programming and to, um, continually come back to like, to some kind of level ground after getting annoyed and upset, because when you're in that kind of close, intimate proximity with people, it, it brings up all of your own things. Like this person's ignoring me or this person's disrespecting me or whatever. And so you have to, um, come back to yourself and be able to approach it and talk about it and see what there is and it's all work. However, there is some line and I used, I was in a abusive relationship for five years that was terrible. And I was telling myself throughout it, well, they say relationships are hard work.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and that's just you falling back on the thing we always hear, but then where's the line, you know?
2: Right. I think things are black and
1: white. There's always a gray area, but you're not going to have one without the other. You just aren't. That's just life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that the important thing is to be very clear with yourself first about what your values are, what's most important to you. um, And like centering in your own personhood, your own self-love. So... That way, when things um, aren't going well or as planned in relationship, you can f- come back to that centered place to determine is this something to work through, uh, mm-hmm. or is this something that's really out of alignment with my own personal values, and therefore I can't be a part of it.
0: Mm, I like that. Yeah, I like that too. So everybody draws that line within themselves. Yeah. And,
2: and then. then you have you know, my problem. You have to be it's discerning. Like, oh, I know where the line is, and then in the middle of it, I'm like, oh, I'll just move that line over. Right. <laughs> yeah, That's yes. The
1: thing is like, oh, but it was only once, right. or you know, know.
0: And I'd love but... to have men on or people who identify as men who have watched this film or maybe other films on the podcast someday to talk about um, their own condition, love conditioning, because mm-hmm. I can really only speak. Um, to myself who identifies as a woman and I got uh, so much conditioning about just accept like accepting men as they are and changing my own lines to fit around them.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's so infuriating to, of course, so much of this is subconscious, which is why we're talking about it on the podcast. You don't realize what you're doing. You don't know why you're doing it. Cause it's these these yeah unconscious almost involuntary responses to certain stimuli. Yeah. yeah
1: and i'm sure a lot of it is things that we we can't we don't know because it's in our dna do you, you know like, that too i
0: completely
2: believe
1: like yeah. our ancestors and like how do we even shift that
2: can we you know well i would say um just in my own personal experience um i've done some therapy with EMDR. Do you guys know what that oh, is?
1: Yes, I was actually looking into that last the other week. Yep. Yes. Is that the
2: eye movement? Yes. Um, yeah. The way I've done it doesn't actually involve eye movement. It involves like these little things you hold in your hand that vibrate and my okay. eyes are closed. But anyway, huh. so the idea is that you um, whatever is triggering you, whatever trauma you have, that you can go and sort of rewrite and bring in helpers for whatever the situation is you trace it back 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 so but you're literally rewiring your brain Mm -hmm. so that like exactly these things we're talking about like can we actually change our neural wiring so we're not doing these patterns like yes i definitely think change the cars right because i've done it and i continue to do it so i think there's Mm -hmm. hope yeah 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 i I agree every time we choose a new behavior Even if it's just one time, like we make a new neural connection. And then the more we do it, we strengthen that connection over and over and over. So it's just practice, like anything else we might practice. Absolutely.
0: It's funny. You're the third person who's mentioned um, that. And I've forgotten the acronym already. EMDR. EMDR. EMDR, like the last two days to me. So I I I should maybe look into it it some more. For myself, about a year ago, I started realizing that there were aspects to myself, although I didn't really know to call them that at the time. There were just these pieces in my subconscious as I was getting deeper and deeper into it with my own shamanic practices that I found were holding these stories. Like one of the stories is you are not complete without a man. Another one of these stories was men are not safe. So imagine the daily anxiety that I, mm-hmm. that I had mm-hmm. as I find these pieces and, and speak to them. I can transmit that energy by kind of, by like having a conversation with them and visualizing this, this door opening and ascending the old energy away and then me giving them something else to hold in, the pl- in their place and um, mm-hmm. transmuting. So that's one modality that I've been using to address this. And it sounds like there's a couple others. And, and I think it's really important that we bring awareness to the, f- the fact that this is happening, that's in our own programming from childhood and that's in our cellular DNA, all of these old limiting programs and ways to um, change them because we're rapidly evolving as humans And we can't do the work that we all want to do here and and live the lives that we want to live without totally restructuring this foundation that Mm -hmm. we're built on. You had an article that you referenced. Yes, 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 yes. Okay.
1: So it's, it's, the article is called, Maybe I'm Just Not Meant to Be Loved. And (sighs) this woman writing this article, and I don't know, like, I feel like many women can feel something from this. Because she's saying her love, the love that she wants, maybe just isn't not out there because like she wants like magical, not logical. Like her soul craves like electricity, sparks, poetry, and the way the kiss from a soulmate can make the world disappear. And just like how she feels like she's always given more in a relationship and never received. hmm Yes. I- and then she's like, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe that's just what it means. Love just isn't for me. But the thing she's talking about, it's I, I feel like I'm like you could have that like yeah you yeah. can well, and I feel like I, that's just I don't know
2: it's so important to recognize the difference too between the falling in love and then the relationship mm-hmm. because yes right falling in love. falling in love, love is the sparks right, the right. like that's amazing everyone wants that but it's massively unsustainable <laughs> if right. we like if totally we can living like that uh, we would just be burning up, and but I think we're not taught that we're not taught about like the more sustainable form of love and how that looks, and yes. that we just pine after this idea and go after it over and over again, um, like a drug kind of I blame like, Disney I'm feeling <laughs> yeah. um, It
0: is actually a living. drug sequoia It's dopamine. Uh, yeah. right. um, yeah. I' was just learning about this that longing, that pining fills yep. you with dopamine. When you're thinking of the love that you can have or the person that you're missing, mm. it gives you dopamine. And, um, so, so if you, um, consistently find yourself wanting someone who's unavailable, it might be that you have an unconscious dopamine addiction. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Not even a di- like that. That's just your, your chemical of choice when it comes to love. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, then another example of Disney it's like how they always say, "Oh, they lived happily ever after." And like everything <laughs> yeah. is perfect and then the birds are singing and like the castle is lit up the rainbow. <laughs> and it's like that's what love is. so That's what love's supposed to be forever. Right, so that's this... what we are being taught. And I don't think people realize like like fighting is normal. Like mm-hmm. fighting, arguing is normal. So mm-hmm. normal and actually healthy. Like mm-hmm. if you're getting along all the time, something's fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, the stories end at the magic. So then you yeah. imagine, you, you can only imagine what happens afterwards. Right. Yeah. And that's why stories right. and depictions are so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But I don't know if this has happened for you, but for me personally, whenever I dated in the past, if anyone was too nice or too giving or like too sweet, I would be like, oh, I'm just, I wasn't attracted to that. <laughs> and I would like kind of like self-sabotage it. Uh-huh. because I was like, this isn't love. This is, there should be, there should be some sort of like, ha- like hardness. Like there needs to be hard times. You know what I mean? And I was like, or
0: just drama. This is too good.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. This is too good to be true. So I usually just end it because mm. it was, it wasn't, I don't
0: know. I can't really, yeah, I think I'm that's just thinking sp- about this a lot. Yeah. I think lately. that's a story that is out there. Um, absolutely. Well, Like I said, I was in that relationship and was excusing the drama because Mm. I just thought relationships were hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so great to bring awareness to those patterns and those realizations. And it's so infuriating when you realize how you have been self-sabotaging yourself without Mm -hmm. realizing it. And it makes me kind of feel like Buttercup, like who Mm -hmm. is not completely in control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't even realize how much she's not in control,
1: mm-hmm. right? But then the other part of me is like, "Well, ish, is there always suffering in love? Because would we have love if there was no suffering? Like, do the dualities work together? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, or is that just me trying to convince myself?
2: I <laughs> think <laughs> you like the feeling of romantic love versus unconditional love. Hmm. Mm. Certainly, I think unconditional love has no suffering mm-hmm. but, uh, but like suffering comes in, I think, when we have an ideal about a romantic love that doesn't get met in one way or another at one time or another um so like we've we've attached ourselves to this person, but we've also attached ourselves to this idea of what we mm-hmm. want and then yeah not being met and and we suffer because of that i
1: like yeah that. i guess that brings me to the my next question is there such thing as unconditional love
2: well i mean i definitely think so you, yeah. you, you believe
1: so i believe so with certain with yeah. children
2: for yeah. sure i think i, I, I just don't know i
1: don't know if it's always i think a lot of the times it's one-sided i don't know I, if it's always
2: uh, a clip uh, together of like yeah. um Buddhist, Buddhist punk or I can't remember this guy who's Buddhist and kind of a punk. I I forget his exact name on YouTube. Buddhist punk or monk? Something like punk. Oh, I don't think I'm quite right. But anyway, he said, uh, unconditional love, totally possible. Unconditional relationship, absolutely not. <laughs> I strongly hmm. resonate with that. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, I agree. I like hmm. that. I n- know that I have an unconditional love for a person who I don't believe it's reciprocated and it's something that I've res- resisted for a long time and it just exists and hmm. I have given in to the fact that it exists and let go of the desire for it to turn into anything and just accepted oh. it that it's there and I just love this person. Right. Um yeah and it's a and yeah. Um, so it's like an unrequited hmm. love, huh? It is an unrequited love it's an <laughs> That's sad um, yeah Aww. i'm sorry it's okay <laughs> it... <laughs> um I wonder why yeah well I, I I get why I for so long have had unrequited love in my life because this is a theme of my life just a just f y i um, because it was the model that I was shown of what romantic love was, was a really unhealthy one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have a lot of trauma around men. And so it was, but, but yet I also have a part of me that wants romance. And so mm-hmm. the safest possible thing is to be involved in romances where I not actually like, yeah. head over heels in love with them. And there's some other person over there that I've head over heels in love with that I'm not going to go anywhere near because they might kill me is like, you know, the fight or flight response. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that I've been trying some programming I'm I'm working at letting go of because yeah. I do actually want to have someone in my life who loves me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's, that's things that I've been working on. And along the way, this person who just holds that like latest iteration of that. Um, it is just, it just exists. And I kind of had to surrender to that fact at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and,
1: and were you religious growing up? Do you think a lot of that stems from
0: that? Yes. Were you religious at all? Yeah. So I was religious growing up. Um, a lot of what stems the unrequited oh
1: just the whole you know like I was doing a lot of reading and about religion and love and I found a website which was really like really 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 scary but it was all saying like you're supposed to suffer in love because Jesus suffered for us and he died on the cross so he suffered so you're supposed to suffer
0: that's fascinating that's a great connection that I've never made before yeah so absolutely I was
1: I was very I mean I wasn't personally but I
0: my parents were and i grew up in a
1: religious family until i said in 5th grade i'm not going to church anymore.
0: Oh good for you. I <laughs> grew up in a religious family and went to church and was homeschooled and so it was very oh, wow. much indoctrinated and we had mm. bible study every day. Oh um, wow. Yeah, i've read that book cover to cover <gasps> so, so <wow>. many times. <laughs> so there's a lot in there about suffering and how you're not supposed to question it. And the meek will inherit the mm-hmm. earth, and it's actually a good thing. It shows that you are more faithful if you're being prosecuted, persecuted, or are suffering anyway. So that's probably in the whole cocktail of my own issues. Yep. Definitely. I yep.
1: mean, as much as I, for me, as much as I try to deny it, it's still in me as well, somewhere
0: yeah. deep in there. Yeah. And, um, you know, the only way forward is through. So, accepting yeah, yeah. it and then finding some way to um, be with it is the work. Yeah, but and also unrequited love is such a theme. Who knows how long this has existed? But that makes that makes sense to me. I really liked your interpretation to Sequoia, and also I would want to add that um, suffering and love has been a theme in human in, in human consciousness for thousands and thousands of years because we so often did not uh, have a union with somebody that we loved. We instead had contractual arrangements. Right. It's like oh. your father gave cows for you to be married <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had a matchmaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. This idea of like, choice is so new and I don't think you can just so much of this has been bred into us like you can't just change your breeding in no. in a couple decades and mm-hmm. suddenly be like oh now I have this free choice like what does that even mean I think that's something we're really exploring like what does it mean that I can marry for love <sighs> yeah, yeah. I think what that's why people
1: are taking longer to get married too. They're not just settling, you know.
0: Yeah, a lot of people
1: are taking, aren't getting married at twenty one like they used to.
0: Yeah, because there is an awareness too that uh, of that magic stage, which that poor woman, bless her heart, I hope that she, I hope that she gets through that. <laughs> um, in the article, I know. like, oh I know. it's like I can't, you know, the love that I want doesn't exist. Um, well, if like, what are you actually looking for? But um, I feel like through her suffering, she's creating. You know what I mean? Ooh, she's writing. Yes. So it was
1: her suffering and love bringing her to create in our other artists doing the same.
0: That's you know? beautiful. And maybe somebody will read that article and be like, I want to give you the love that you want. And she'll yeah. have found that magic by exploring her suffering. Yeah. That's what I'd like to envision yeah. for her.
1: Me okay. too. I mean, it was a very circulated article. so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I do. I realize that this is a story and Disney is probably to blame, but I do really want some incredible romance, quote unquote, to happen to me before the relationship that I want that I recognize is I want something comfortable and that comfort that intimacy brings and like um, the, the like the safety net and just the fun that it adds to your life. But before that, I do want something crazy romantic and a part of me (laughs) resists like going on, doing online dating because that doesn't, that doesn't seem magical enough, but I'm also working with that. (laughs) I I, I would be the same way as you though.
1: I need spontaneous, spontaneous things in my life. So that would, I don't know.
2: Whether you want to do online dating or not, I'll just say that I met, um, my now ex-partner but partner of five years mm. um online and it was totally magical
0: <laughs> oh awesome thank you for broadening my horizons <laughs> i mean like i saw
2: i'm gonna tuck that into but, that programming um, I you go through no pictures whatever and like i saw his picture and i was like "Whoa!" like you know i don't know there's something important here so <laughs> magic can happen wherever
0: It's so true. And it can happen in a minute too. It can, it can happen just so fast. Um, So there's always still hope for magic. It comes, it's always coming around. It always is. That
1: actually reminds me of a quote, this astrologer, I think I shared this with you um, a couple weeks ago, Jessica, but um, she was saying that we can't, we will never be loved by someone until we we attract people who love us as much as we love ourselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent.
1: We're looking for things from people that we can't even give ourselves.
2: Right.
0: Right.
1: So that's also really hard. So we need to work on that. And that's what you're saying, the programming that
0: comes from all the programming and the conditioning. Another big and love story work. is you're gonna find somebody who completes you. So yeah. if there's stuff about you that you don't like, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> Cause you'll find somebody who will take care of that. Yeah, take it away.
1: Yeah. Or just ignore it or something. Worst yeah. possible story. <laughs> yeah. I know. And it's still it's still a common theme. Yeah. Like people say
0: this all the time. I do, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's start changing these stories. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me to bring awareness to all of these themes.